0: Coming live from Budapest, Hungary, is our guest this afternoon. Welcome to this very special edition of the KJ Masterclass Live, the show which ensures that you profit from your time spent here with experts, either through their industry insights, information, or simply learning from them. And today we have Peter Zabarowski, serial entrepreneur, founder of Retalk, uh, coming straight away from Budapest, Hungary. Welcome to the show, Pete.
1: Thank you so much for having me and hello to your guests.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Pete. So we'll be talking about, you know, why alternative social media platforms matter. Uh, Pete, you have been born in Soviet Hungary, then you grew up in UK and Hungary, and then you believe in liberty, individual liberty and freedom of speech. And that is that has led to creation of Retalk, a new social media network for people frustrated with the censorship of Silicon Valley big tech, and it is built to encourage civil discussion and conversations are grouped around interests like gardening or history or politics. It also includes its own blogging blogging platform with a ready-made audience, and it's run by people who welcome conservative right wing and center right views. So firstly, uh, Pete, why do you get this impression that right now, you know, big tech uh, are monopolizing uh, and dominating information, speech, politics, and science. Can you tell us about this and that? how it led to the coming up re-talk?
1: Well, I think it's really the last five or ten years where censorship has gone and really terrible. And I think a, a lot of people are getting more and more frustrated with Silicon Valley. I, I think there's been a, a real change. I think maybe the, the big changes which, which bordered about were probably things like Brexit and Trump. And, and somehow that, I think, made people in Silicon Valley go a bit crazy and they found themselves with all these platforms with billions of users they were very very you know it's very very powerful these existing platforms and I think for some reason they felt like it's their responsibility to start controlling people and for me for me I I, as an entrepreneur I've always worked on kind of David and Goliath problems my previous venture was about helping people protect their privacy against big tech Um, but now I sort of think that the, the power and the control is being taken from us um, in, in free speech. And that's where I thought I, I really want to fight back and I want to create an alternative platform and somewhere where people can can speak freely about any issue that they want.
0: Right. Right. Pete. Now, tell us more about censorship. When you talk of censorship, what do you mean by censorship and who has taken away the power of speech we'll come to that but first about censorship
1: so i think it's it's really good to talk about this in terms of the us because the us has a, i think quite a good legal system in terms of the their constitution and the first amendment and how free speech fundamentally is protected and you government can't do anything about speech but it seems like recently some people people in, in Silicon Valley or or tech and, and places like that have decided that actually those rules that have developed over the last 200 years aren't actually good enough and we need to correct them and we need to police speech a lot more. And I mean, it, I think it, it started off with saying, okay, we, we don't want any racism. We're going to censor racism. And everyone was like, okay, fine. We don't want that. But then as soon as that happened, the, the line started to be drawn um, elsewhere and elsewhere and, and it got worse and worse. And then, It wasn't just racism. Then it was about, you know, COVID came along and it was medical misinformation and you could get censored talking about masks or vaccines or things like that. Then it was now they're saying, look, if you say that there's no climate change, then that should be censored. And it's not I I I don't even really want to take a position on any, any of those issues. I just think that we need to discuss them because as 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 humans as humanity the way we work is that we need to discuss issues we need to debate them we do actually need to have arguments um arguments are a good thing because arguments are how we how we can see other people's perspectives how we you know expand our consciousness um and and that's why i think censoring and actually stopping conversation is is not the answer the answer is actually to have as much conversation as possible and to argue as much as possible as weird as that sounds um, but i think um, I, i'm a strong believer in in actually debating issues and getting people to, to debate issues i think that's very very important
0: right right Pete. now tell me one thing earlier censorship curtailment on the freedom of speech and expression was supposed to be done by governments who believed in dictatorship or closed system of governance in the U S the first amendment and the freedom of, you know, speech and expression with so much of power for entrepreneurs, most of this, and you talk of Silicon Valley tech, tech most of these companies that today are taking away the so our power of information, speech and science are from the outcome of that same system. Why do you see that it is happening in a place which is also the originator of First Amendment? And why it is not from anywhere else? How do you see this? And why do you see this happening?
1: Well, I think the US fundamentally is an amazing place. And really, it's based on free markets. And it's based on entrepreneurialism. um, And the fact that so many big platforms have been created in the U.S. is probably because they're, they're, they've they got this culture of entrepreneurship. But I mean, along with that comes the fact that these big platforms can make decisions about what content they show. And I mean, I, one of the crucial things for me is that I, I don't think we should force these big platforms to do anything, just like they shouldn't force us to, to, to not say certain things. I think if Mark Zuckerberg wants to make his own mistakes and he wants to censor people, then fine. Um, in in the sort of American way, uh, the market should correct that issue, and that's what Retalk is trying to do. That's why I built a new platform because I see a market opportunity and I see, you know, see a problem with what Zuckerberg and Twitter and the others are doing. So I think it's in in a way, the American just because this problem has emerged in the US doesn't mean that the system doesn't work. I think the system is working. Uh, it's just that Right now, these these platforms became very very dominant. It, it'll take a while to build new products, which which are all the alternatives. Um, but I think it's 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 great that entrepreneurs can still build platforms like this and still fill fill a market need. Um, maybe an exception to that is TikTok, and maybe we can get into TikTok because it's a very interesting case. And I I know it's banned in India, but I think it's fascinating because I'm I don't think TikTok is completely a, a market. Um, phenomenon, it's more of a government thing. So maybe we can get into that later.
0: Right, right. I will come to retalk also on TikTok. But first to understand this whole uh, concept of, you know, the uh, censorship and what exactly these platforms are trying to achieve. Is it that these platforms or the ownership uh, of this particular platform What do they intend to achieve? Is it more money? Is it more control for themselves or is it that they are becoming tools to control for others who want to control things, events, politics, science, speech for their own larger interests? We will not go into specifics of this whole thing, but I guess you understand what I mean and let's try to understand. What is it that they want to achieve and when till when do you think uh, you know this can continue? Secondly, coming to the it is the initial phase. So you can talk about uh, all the good things, even about gardening and about blogging and all. But market forces, you need money uh, and the market forces also need money. Then there is a thing like when you become important enough, others want to control through you. How can you guarantee that we talk will not be, uh, re- may not go the same way? It has happened with so many, and anybody would like to have an understanding why it may not, not go the same way. So, there are several questions to it. I ask them at the same time so that you can you know, respond to them at leisure at your own pace.
1: So I think Facebook and Silicon Valley social media companies have gotten so big that um, many powerful people have have, ta- have almost taken them over and they're using them for control. So I think you're absolutely right. It's like Mark Zuckerberg has a gun to his head from many, many people and many governments that are saying you have to do this or we're going to shut down Facebook or whatever. So I think uh, in a way, Mark Zuckerberg is in a very difficult situation and if your listeners have recently listened to him on Joe Rogan, he was actually saying that the FBI actually contacted him when there was the Hunter Biden laptop incident. And to, and the FBI tried to manipulate him into doing certain things, which he did. I mean, I, th- I think many people initially, if the FBI contacts you would probably be quite scared. So you do what the FBI tells you to do. So it's it's pretty obvious that powerful people outside of Facebook are using Facebook to to control and to increase their power. And you're right, this is a this is a big risk. And I think it's, it's, I can't sort of sit here and say, look, I'm going to guarantee that I'm not going to be influenced by some government entity, because who knows what kind of power they can use to, to influence me. But, but I think, as long as, as long as social media isn't concentrated in one big or a couple of companies as it is now, if it becomes more decentralized, then you have lots and lots of different platforms for lots and lots of different groups of people. I think it it, it at least lowers the chance that it can be controlled. So I think what as a user or someone afraid of sort of centralized control, what, what, what we should be aiming for or trying to do is create as many platforms as possible with as many entrepreneurs as possible. Um, And for people who actually use platforms, I'd say give new platforms a chance, try out new platforms because the more of them there are, the harder it is to control them.
0: Right. Pete. Now, you know, before I come to re-talk and understand more details about it, for example, let's move away from the US. Let's take the example of, uh, you know, Pegasus. Now, is it about uh, big companies, their owners, or is it is it the nature of technology that people use it when they see that, that is, it is available? Now, Pegasus, it's born out of Israel and it is supposed to be owned by very selective, almost a government entity. Now, why is it that they are monetizing it? only for the use of governments. It means it's the same thing then. We can't just say that, listen, Mr. Zuckerberg, you are bad. As you said, FBI contacted him and it's a difficult position to be be in and for any other purpose. So is it being a tech person? I'm just asking about the social aspect of it. Like, is it about the technology? Should there be some way thought which goes that Some technology should be, you know, should not come up. I am not, you know, I'm not, I don't know whether I'm able to put it or they should know that it should not fall into people who would like to control others. Because this is about, you know, not only the present, but also the future generations, as you said, that if they start dictating your information, speech, politics, and everything, then there will be left, you will be left with nothing. What is your take on this?
1: Well, technology versus power is always going to be a an arms race, almost. You're, you're always going to have uh, newer and newer technologies, which will always have faults. They always have technical issues. And you will have powerful people trying to exploit those to, to for their own ends, to surveil, surveil you or for, for, for something else. So it's always about the creators of technology fighting against the people who want to exploit that technology. Uh, you can see now it's it's interesting that Apple in their latest uh software update they've created this lockdown mode which is which is almost a feature which counters things like Pegasus so it's it's obvious that Apple can see that as an as as a smartphone creator they are threatened by these types of applications and they are trying to look for solutions um maybe that's going to mean that the Pegasus developers are going to need to look for other exploits to use um I think the the trouble is when you're dealing with entities as big as governments, they'll always have an insane amount of resources to to exploit technology. So if you're, you know, if you're Julian Assange or if you're Edward Snowden or someone who's actually criticizing a state, uh, especially the U- someone as big as the US, that's that's always good. You're always going to have to be very, very brave to do that. And you're always taking a massive personal risk. Um, as As you know, as we come down to sort of more ordinary people like us, the risks are probably less and, and it's, you don't really have to be, you know, directly afraid of, of your government. Um, but it's, you know, you, I I think it's something that everyone should be aware of is just as technology has become completely part of our lives, it can always be exploited because there's always a race to find the new weakness in technology. So there will always be ways for governments and very, very clever people to, to hack their way into technology. So it's, it's not a good situation. It's, Maybe a way to think about it is, I mean, technology gives us a lot of things, but maybe this is the price. Um, it's, But it's, it's definitely there and it's definitely a risk. So I think everyone should be aware of that.
0: Right. And globally, if you see, there are several governments uh, who want to, you know, be in power for a long, long time. And many are, have been accused of using social media to either control or only propagate their views or only a limited amount of view that helps certain people. And then when there is a hue and cry over the social media problems, then the regulation comes in and then they try to regulate social media. There is this regulation as the solution to social media problems. who is the creator of problems? Is it people who want to control or is it the social media where there is a lot of nuisance? People almost found find several of the things on several of these platforms as toxic. How do you see this?
1: I think social media is like a mirror of, of society. It, it reflects back who we are. And in a way, there's nothing wrong with that. We are who we are. And I think, yes, the problem is people who want to control information flow and you can see that with with silicon valley companies now is there there is a definite um leaning towards uh you know showing only mainstream news showing news from only approved people and and of course that's going to drive things in the direction of existing power so this is a this this is not the dream of of the internet and it's not the initial dream of social media It, it should have been about you know you can share anything it's about you know, news spreading from small people to from from anyone in the world, um, and unfortunately, we're moving more and more towards um, only trusted centralized sources being uh, on social media. And it's not just social media; it's also search. So Google, Google for a long time has been stopped, uh, more and more. It's been preferring, you know, centralized big authoritative sources and and less small websites. So unfortunately, it it is about centralizing control and information and obviously many people will want to exploit that so i i absolutely agree with you that there's that there's a problem here and it's 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 people who want to control rather than the actual platforms and and again what i said before is is i think super important that you have to create as many platforms as possible decentralize as much as possible because that's how you can fight power really it's it's all about decentralization and information coming from as many places as possible uh there's actually a really good example of this uh about covid so when when covid was starting to break out in china twitter was actually a lot of users on twitter who were close to china were sort of saying there's a massive problem here something's going on it's a it's spreading human to human it's a respiratory disease and all the authorities were saying Western Chinese, all of them were saying, no, no, everything's fine. It doesn't spread human to human. Even WHO said it doesn't spread from human to human. Don't worry about it. Meanwhile, on the ground from, you know, the grassroots community of Twitter were saying there is a problem here. And you see that everyone knows who was right. It was the grassroots, the, the, the people on the ground. So, again, just because you trust big, big authoritative sources doesn't mean they're right. And we have to. We have to get our information from as many sources as possible and social media can actually do that if it's operated in the right way and that's that's just a really good example of how um you know information coming from the ground up can be a really really good thing
0: right right pete and that's why alternative social media platforms matter where platforms like retalk matter but tell me one thing how many platforms would actually be enough to make a difference, and what does it take to build a social network? Now comes your, you know, special area.
1: Well, I mean that how many is is decided by the market. You know, however many people can create products that people want is how many there's going to be. So I'm I'm a big believer in markets and entrepreneurship, and uh, in in that way I'm quite libertarian. Uh, in terms of what it takes to build it uh, i mean i i've been a serial entrepreneur for 20 years i've i learned to program when i was 15 i you know i was sitting at home at my computer underneath a metallica poster and i was learning to to program in in php so uh, i've been doing this for a while and i think something that's 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 happened over the last few years there's been quite a few new platforms but many of them haven't had a strong technical background and i think that's definitely been an issue so Something Silicon Valley's done very well is to always concentrate on technology and tech founders and, and technical people. And I think, unfortunately, in the modern world, you need very strong technical foundations to be able to build a platform like this. Uh, I think in that regard, I think Retalk's done quite well. Um, you know, we, we haven't been tested in on like, you know, we haven't had tens of millions of visitors yet. So that's, that's still an open question whether we can handle that. But fundamentally i think i've got a tech background and that's that's good uh so you need a strong technical background but you also need marketing that's i think quite a that that that's turned out to be a bit more difficult than i was expecting i think in in 2022 it's it's much much harder to get an app to go viral than it was before because you know there's so many places our attention can go and there's so many apps where our attention can go and and it's much much harder for people to grab people's attention and to get them to share something uh, so, marketing wise, has been a bit more difficult, but uh, you know we started a year and a half ago. We've got two hundred thousand users, uh, and and we're growing fast. So, it's it's yeah, we're maybe marketing is the more challenging part, but we're we're doing our best there as well.
0: Right, right, Pete. So for people who have, who do not know anything about ReTalk, and there are a huge number of people in India who are using social media and social media network. You can name anyone so for you it's a big market also if you look at it in in terms of even if you don't look at it as a market uh, you can look at it in terms of number of users and indians do try out a lot of platforms now how do you explain uh re to them and can you explain how do they onboard what would it take to do so what will they get what is Retalk about and how they can create value for themselves and how because this platform is different, and how is it? It
1: is different than others. So, Retalk is built around groups or communities uh, around various interests. So, we have a group for gardening, for politics, for history, and you, as a user, you go into these different groups and you can you can discuss these topics. So, you know, if you ever used a Facebook group, that's kind of how to think about it. Or if or if you know about Reddit, um, it's quite similar to Reddit, which is another social media platform. Uh, my, I made a very conscious decision to not build a social network that was based on following people because that's that's not the type of network I wanted to build. Uh, it's not like Twitter or, you know, Trump's new social network, Truth Social, which is all about, you know, following Trump or other people and other VIPs. Um, for me, it was all about building grassroots communities. You know, anyone can contribute, anyone can discuss things. Uh, so it was very, it's, it's more of a discussion board or a forum format. Uh, signing up all you need is an email and you can you can download the app we've got an app Retalk on the app stores or you can go to retalk.com so there's a website as well and and really just need to select the type of in, the type of groups you want to be a part of and then you can just go off and and discuss with what uh, whatever you want with the base of Retalk
0: okay and so what uh, somebody goes and just goes and discusses gardening and discuss with whom and who does he how does he know somebody is an authority in gardening and how do they connect the same person again if you are not following one another so how do you uh, connect with people there
1: so the you you discuss you discuss issues with other people who are interested in that topic. So we'll have, you know, out, let's say we've got 200,000 users and maybe a thousand of those are sort of interested in gardening. They'll follow the gardening topic. And if you post in the gardening topic, then other people who, you know, out of that thousand will come and uh, and discuss your post if, if it's interesting to them. Um, we, we do have a functionality where if you, you know, you really, really like someone's posts, you know, they've done lots of really good posts. You can follow specific people, um, but that's not sort of that's not part of the central design of Retalk. The the central design is 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 actually about topics, and and in terms of the authority question, I think the the whole point really of Retalk is that there is no authority. Um, it's about people sharing their thoughts, and then you know you you have to decide whether you like a, a comment or not. You have to do your research. Uh, we we don't pretend like some people are authorities and some people aren't. Uh, everyone's equal. Okay. Okay. And
0: how do you see the,
1: uh, growth model for this?
0: Because at the end of the day, uh, for more and more people to use it, it has to exist and to exist, it will need either funding or it will need advertisers or other people to engage with this platform. So what is it in there for the users? Users you have already said. That is, you can create and have healthy discussions around various topics. What about marketers? Is it time for them to come in uh, or the market itself? When, when will be the time for them to come in for the advertisers? Is it the time to come in? When will be the time to come in? For example, there is there are these platforms like BDL. They're, they have achieved a certain degree of traction in France. It's a France based company. so. They are only, you know, uh, they, you can post only once a day, something like that. So the user base is rising. Even in terms of a competitor for LinkedIn, I just saw it's something called poly network or something like that. Now I saw that. So things are popping up here and there as competitors to the established platforms. Uh, but the challenge is again, to be there, you've got to be viable. How do you see the viability for it all?
1: So we've we've worked very hard on on actually retaining users so if someone signs up how do we actually get them to to engage with the platform every day and I think we're quite good at that. Uh the other part of it is we I I think we're 80% of the, the way there to actually have a lot of users or enough users for influencers and advertisers to actually care about it. So I think if we if we carry on on this path, maybe uh, once we get up to I don't know half a million users, I think at that point many many influencers will think okay it's worth me actually engaging with Retalk, and that's that's sort of part of my plan as well. Is that um, I think we're not quite there yet, but once we have like a good user base, which which I can get to because I've, you know, I've I've had some successful ventures and I've got a bit of capital saved up, and I that that's one of my goals is to get to a, a fairly large user base after which I think I can I can really start to reach out to sort of the the yeah the influencers or the the, the big content creators who will I think let get retalk to rise up even more it's like that it, it becomes a flywheel you know things are helping other things and it, it, it yeah that, that's when I think right. the platform will really take off.
0: Right. And do you have an app for this at the moment?
1: yeah if you just search on on play store or on the app store it's just retalk yeah
0: right right and which are the places you look you are looking for you know users who will uh, adopt this platform are there any specific place or is it like uh, globally you are just you are put things in the market
1: i think it's in the long run I'd definitely like to be global i've just been focusing on the us because i think many that the most frustration with censorship is probably in the us and there there's been sort of all sorts of statistics saying that censorship is actually worse in in english-speaking countries i think because these facebook and twitter are owned by english-speaking people so they censor english content a lot more um so i and also because there's a community feel to retalk uh obviously if there's if it's mostly a US user base, then they all discuss the same politics. It's more relevant to them. So I, I had to pick a market to target initially, and that was the USA. But I think eventually, hopefully, I can I can definitely expand, it, first of all, to other English-speaking countries, and then to even, even further. So um, that's definitely part of the plan.
0: Right, Pete. And as you grow, uh, scale up, who do you think are your nearest competitors? Is it Is it the big platforms? Uh, Do you do you to have a real something sort of stuff or real or shorts or something like that? Uh, How, who are these competitors? And if they are bigger platforms, how do you plan to take them uh, on?
1: I think definitely the existing platforms and and part of them. So like Facebook groups is probably the the biggest competitor. Uh, The big question is how bad is the censorship going to get? how frustrated are going to other people going to be? I think people don't use Facebook anymore because they love it. They use it because they have to. Um, so I, I, I think there's a, there's a lot of scope for me to get people to join Retalk and to stop using Facebook groups. And then obviously there's all the new startups of new platforms like Trump's Truth Social, Getter, Parler. I think a few of these, as I said, have had technical issues. Um, I think so far the most promising one is Getter. I think they've done a, a very, very good job, but they're not. I wouldn't say they're a direct comp- competitor because they're more like Twitter, so they're more about following people. Um, I think in this way, Retalk is is fairly unique. So I uh, and it's part of the reason I decided on this format. So I hope that in a way, yes, we have competition in Facebook groups in Reddit, but fundamentally, if you want sort of a more conservative Discussion board, then, then, Retalk is probably quite unique in that regard.
0: So, it's almost like a Quora in a very sophisticated format.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Something like that.
0: Something like that. Okay. Then, let's talk about content. You see, now the type of content that is spreading allegedly toxicity and leading to control and it's playing in somebody else's hands going forward now everybody is struggling exactly in terms of content everybody wants creators around them and if they don't have creators or creators of content then the platforms are, will be empty almost empty because real conversation is not happening earlier on that was intended to be some con, uh, uh, con, something is happening on quora and some platforms now how do you see uh, you know platforms where real users will not be there and they are only waiting for creators uh, to create content. What sort of creators will exist? What sort of content will actually be looked at by people? And what is your advantage in terms of content and creators and who should be on your platform, either in terms of a consumption consumer of content and also creator of content? And how do you look at this other part of the uh, whole social media uh, network platform uh, industry as such going forward, including TikTok, obviously that you talked, where is it going? Do you think uh, there is an end of a road for them?
1: So first on Retalk, we've we've never really had an issue with content. Uh, When users have signed up and they've shared content and, and added content and it's worked out quite well, and I think part of the reason is that discussion is, is the important part of Retalk. So almost the content is actually the comments, uh, which, which is the most enjoyable part. Um, so so it's a good format because we don't need like really, really unique content. Like people will share articles, they'll share links, then they'll talk about them. And, and that's the whole essence behind Retalk. And that, that works quite well. And we've never had an issue with content. Uh, on the other hand, on these other platforms, it's it's very very clear that when you have a format like like TikTok, uh, the content becomes uh, extremely important. And one of the reasons why TikTok has won is because they they created the tools to be able to create really really good video content. And you can see from from recent reports, um, Instagram Reels isn't really doing very well. Um, they just can't get the engagement, and apparently, like. 20, 30% of co- content is just reposts from TikTok. So in that race, it's quite clear that content matters a lot and Facebook is losing this battle and TikTok have done an amazing job at sort of incentivizing people to, to create good content. So in terms of that, I think uh, TikTok is is a good example. Um, but uh, in, in other areas, I think TikTok is a catastrophe. But, um, but yeah, in terms of content, they've done a fairly good job.
0: Right, right. I, I think, uh, uh, Pete, you have uh, put things well. And, you know, I've also understood quite a few things about censorship. But one things will always baffle me that censorship is happening most in the most democratic nations of the world. And especially if you look at it from, uh, from the U- U- U.S. perspective. And that is where you see a market which will be uh, the alternative market which will be there for platforms like TikTok. And I'm sure uh, people will get more and more choices. But when do you? I still have to see when exactly these platforms will become big enough uh, to create an impact. But to answer my own question, uh, I, I can tell you that Be Real has also created impact in its own manner, that even Instagram had to. Uh, you know, there there were uh, some articles that Instagram is now copying some of its features. So I guess this whole industry and the social media platform is in a state of uh, state of flux. E- any last words uh, from you on re- uh, retalk and and the social media platforms' uh, Pete, that you'd want to say?
1: Well, I think the most important one for everyone, I think, is just if you if you're frustrated or with with censorship or if you. Um, well, the most important thing is that people try new platforms, I think. Uh, this is what I always say to people, you know, don't complain about censorship on Twitter. Try a new platform. Uh, obviously, I'm going to say that because I'm, I'm running a new platform. But um, I just like to ask people to be open, to be up to, to to try new things. You know, if you don't like it, then you don't have to use it. But I think it's it's really, really important at a time when everything is being centralized, everything is being controlled, that we give new things a chance because that's how we can we can break the control
0: right and my last question to you uh pete is that there is this talk of bots all these social media platforms were supposed to be for humans to humans to go and interact with each other but i think there are a lot of bots existing in that space what do you have to say to that that was also a bone of contention even in twitter's so you know halfway buyout and it did not work, hasn't worked out till now. So how do you look at this bot thing? Is it as a tech person, do you think is it necessary? Bots need to be there in the garb, uh, you know, on the garb of humans in the social media space. And do you think you will also, there will be a day even we talk, will have a lot of bots within its system.
1: No, I think bots are, are an arms race as well. Uh, bots are like uh, the attacker and then the social media companies trying to defend against them. Uh, I mean, sometimes in the case of Twitter, maybe the the leaders of Twitter aren't incentivized very well to, to fight the bots, uh, it appears so. But, you know, it's always going to be a problem because people will always want to exploit social networks and the system to usually to make money. Um, so they have big incentives to create clever bots that do... Do these types of things, and the social network will always have an incentive to try and stop them, and then it's really a race between the two. And sometimes the bots are winning, sometimes the social networks are winning. I mean, I, I have no doubt that if uh, if retalk becomes big, we're going to have a bot problem. Uh, we've actually we've only had one so far. Uh, someone who managed to sort of get get past some protections and managed to message lots of people on the platform as a bot. So it, it it's happened before, um, but you always yeah it, you always as a, as a social network owner, you always have to deal with it. And it's always a changing problem. So you always have to adapt and create new solutions to avoiding bots. But I think it's, you know, very rarely you might have good bots. I mean, you obviously, if someone's, you know, they're, they're a newspaper and all their bots doing is posting their, their new articles, I mean, I think everyone agrees that that's fine. Um, but I think generally that's not the experience with bots. That's, that's not what they're trying to do.
0: Right. Right, Pete. I think uh, it's been very nice that you could, you know, talk about all this stuff and share with us about your company. And I'm sure there is a lot of space for not only just Retalk but a few more other platforms who will give a, you know, some challenge to the existing bigger ones. Uh, thank you so much for coming on to this platform, and uh, it's a pleasure talking to you.
1: Thank you very much for having me. It's been great. Thank you. Thank you.